0: Welcome to the New Freedom Church Podcast. This podcast will help you grow deeper in your faith through weekly 30-minute talks. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get each new episode as it's released. Now sit back and relax as God speaks to you through this message. We've been on the road for about a month. We left Naples in May. We've been through Georgia, Georgia, Spent some time in Tennessee, came through Ohio on our way to northern New York, down to southern New York, and we got back here last night. Now, I say that to say, this July 4th weekend, in case you don't know it, we live in a beautiful country. Even on our worst day. It's the best place to be on the worst day. So I hope you'll take the time this weekend to get together with family and and remember America and our founding fathers and our independence. Because we have independence, we can be here this morning. We can be right here reading the Word of God, singing His praises without worried about anything. We have a freedom that most people don't even understand. We have a freedom of being living in this country, but even a greater freedom, we have the freedom of living in Christ and with him. I hope you know that freedom. If you don't today, I hope by the end of this service, you will know it, or you will surrender yourself to that freedom. because if we're not here to praise God and to be, be in His presence, this is not a church. Churches aren't social organizations. They're God's organization. His organization. His will be done, not ours, not our personal preferences, but His will. Now you might have heard that we had a bit of a storm last year down in South Florida. His name was Ian. Even to this day, I hope you'll keep South Florida, in your prayers, because there are still thousands of people who don't even have a home to live in. 10,000 people, they say, don't have a home because of the hurricane. Now, down where we are in Naples, we didn't get the hurricane, we just got the water. The hurricane went up the coast and just kept throwing water in. It was high tide, eight-foot tidal surge. When we knew the hurricane was coming... We went all through our park, 368 homes, and we prayed over every home that the people would be protected and the park would be protected. Then we went to the beach. I kid you not. Joe and I went to the beach. We walked up and down the beach praying, Lord, put your angels here. Keep this hurricane away from us. Keep it out of this park. Protect this town. Well, he did. Amen. But you have to understand about storms in your life and in our lives. Storms serve a purpose. And it's not a bad purpose. See, it's all about perspective. It's all about perspective in our lives, spiritually and physically. After we end up getting rid of two foot of water in our home, Mallory lost everything, but I promise, I think this is the only time I'll talk about her, I can't guarantee that. I said to her, Mal, I'm so sorry you lost everything. I mean everything. Two foot of water does a pretty good job on your place. There were people that had seven, eight foot of water. We were lucky. So I was complaining, and Mallory said, I said, I'm so sorry, Mallory. She goes, this is what she says. Think about this, folks. But, Dad, we're okay. Amen. Amen. The priorities. Our priorities. See, in the storm, we lost stuff, stuff that can be replaced. People can't be replaced. We all know that. We've lost loved ones. Nobody can replace them. I remember when I retired, my superintendent said that uh, it would take three people to replace me in my job. Larry, Curly, and Moe. But people can't be replaced. So I was complaining to God one day. I'm sure none of you ever do that. I was saying, Lord, what's the deal? We prayed over every home We prayed up and down the beach, but yet there's still this destruction. There wasn't a home in our park that wasn't affected in some way. And he said, Dennis, he does this to me. Dennis, Spirit says, Dennis, you're thinking about this all wrong. And Think about this in the storms in your life. He goes, was anybody killed here in the park? No. No. Mallory lost all her stuff. Doesn't she have everything new now? Well, yeah. He said, and that air conditioner, which by the way, God bless all of you, through pastor appreciation, you basically replaced our air conditioning. And we thank you. He said, that air conditioner was on its last leg. It was going to break down anyway. Now you have a new one. Forgive me, Lord. And then this was a kicker. He said, Dennis, you've claimed this park for me. I have now made this a better mission field than ever was before because now people need me more than ever. Amen. It's perspective. I had the wrong perspective. So... As I always do every day, I had to repent. Forgive me, Lord. I was looking at everything the wrong way. But because of this flood that we had, it started me thinking about Noah and the flood. Now, our flood wasn't anywhere near what Noah's was. But I got to tell you, I've never seen so much water in my whole life. It was two days before we could even get back into into our park. It was a good week before we could park in our driveway because the water was still there. And believe me, many people had a whole lot worse than us. You get up to Fort Myers, there's still thousands of people there without homes. You have people uh, in Captiva and Sanibel. Those are beautiful places now. They're just beaches. Powerful. Water's powerful. But I start thinking about Noah. And I'm thinking, Lord, you know, your word says that that it's good for instruction. And so what can we learn from this man named Noah? This man named Noah. This message comes out of this hurricane that we went through. And I think there's, there's several things we can learn from him, and I want to talk about them today. I want us to think about them. And so if we think about the, uh, the, the story of Noah, a few things... First of all, it says, these are the family records of Noah. He was a righteous man, blameless among his contemporaries. Noah walked with God. We need to learn to walk with God. If God is for us, Who can be us? thank you. Who can be against us? The Lord takes care of us. He took care of us. He took care of people because we prayed. Do you pray every day? I hope you do. If you don't, you should. mean, we wanna complain about people from other religions, but I know one religion prays five times a day consistently. Do you do that? Do I do that? No, not as much as I should. But I try to just pray without ceasing, so I try to walk around in an attitude of prayer so that anytime someone comes to my mind, and it might be you, we pray. We pray. It's that simple. I don't have to get down on my knees, flat on my face. I don't have to fold my hands and bow my head. I can pray anytime, anywhere, doing anything. So it's important that the first thing is that Noah walked with God, and and because of that, God saved he and his family. See, God saw how corrupt the earth was, and all flesh had corrupted its way on the earth. Are we corrupt nowadays? If we're not, we're pretty close. So he told him, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. I don't read anywhere in here in this story. Noah said, Lord, I can't do that. I don't know how to make a boat. I'm not a boat builder. I don't even know what rain is. I don't know what flooding is. But yet, Noah never questioned God one time. There are things that happen to you and your life and me and my life that we like to question. But as you and I know both know very well, sometimes there are no answers. That's where that crazy word we have called faith comes in faith in knowing that God is for us. God loves us more than anyone in the whole world. Nobody loves you more than Jesus. I love that song, thank you for singing my favorite song. Let me tell you about my Jesus. She sang that song last time we were here, and I cried, and I cried today too. It's a great song. I'm, I, I don't know whether she did it on purpose or not, but God wanted it sung, so it got sung. Amen. It's wonderful, it's a great song. See, that's who we are. People see us. Let me tell you about my Jesus. See, they might, you don't have to bang them over the head with your Bible, but hopefully there's something in your life, which is your best witness, by the way, and how you live, not by what you say or by what I say, but how we live. Hopefully someone will see something in us and they'll ask us a question and we can answer and say, Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you what he's done for me. That's all our witness is. We don't always get to speak it, but I went to a seminary that had on the wall said, preach the gospel every day, and if necessary, use words. Because you and I can say anything we want. We can say stuff and fool people, but the way you and I live fools no one. It's the best witness there is, because if the way you live doesn't match what you say, your witness is worthless. Your witness, my witness is worthless. And God doesn't want that. So he said he did everything God commanded in chapter 6. Then it goes on to say, Noah was 600 years old when the flood came. When Noah was 500, he started building the ark. It took him 100 years to build that ark, which isn't surprising when you think about it. They had no equipment God provided everything. But how many of you have been to the ark in, down in Kentucky? If you haven't been there, go. I'm telling you, you will be amazed at the size and the technology in this ark that God provided for people. And Noah and Noah and, uh, and his family built it. And then it says, uh, the rain fell for 40 days and 40 nights. And then once it, once it stopped, it was 150 more days until the waters receded. And then there was 40 more days. After that, he opened up the window. Then there was another seven days before they could leave the ark. Noah's ark. These are some lessons. The first one, I think, is one of the most important. They're all important lessons. You and I, we are all... In the same boat. We're all in the same boat. We all have sickness. We all have friends and family members who don't know Jesus that we want to know Him before they pass from this world. We all have difficulties with our families. There's divorces, there's sickness, there's all kinds of things that we all experience. And the main thing about being in, we're all in the same boat is this. We all need Jesus. Every one of us. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good of a life you think you are or how holy you are, you still need Jesus. I need him every day. I need him every day. Why? Because I'm human and I don't always do the right things. But if I try to walk in the spirit and stay close to him, hopefully, Each and every day in my life, I'll become a little bit more righteous in his eyes and live more righteously and be a better witness, and be a better witness. We don't know much about Noah before the flood, but he had to go through that process. Because sooner or later, all of us are going to need shelter from a storm. We all have them. And if you haven't had one, you're going to have one. How do I know that? Scripture says you will have trials and tribulations in this world. None of us are getting out of it. None of us. If we we're going to think we're going to live this totally peaceful life where nothing bad happens, we're fooling ourselves. All knowing Jesus does is knowing that we don't have to walk through them or endure them alone. Not alone. You and I are never, ever, ever alone alone. Never. I don't know how many of you know this, but we were told we had to leave our home. We had to evacuate. So I had just started two weeks. Think about this. Two weeks before, didn't know a hurricane was coming. I started working because I got bored. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. I started working at a funeral home. My job was to drive corpses, from one facility down to the facility where I worked in. There were no bodies there ever, only when if there was a funeral. i drive them there, i drive them to, or the ashes, to the, to, the, uh, to the cemetery, which, by the way, that's a whole other story about funerals I've experienced. Oh, my goodness. Cultures are very different. There's a lot of culture down, different cultures, and all the services are different. I'll just say one thing. It was one service we had. It was a Mexican and a Cuban funeral. We had a mariachi band. That's all I'll say. But we're all in the same boat. Ecclesiastes 1:17 says, so I set out to learn everything from wisdom to madness and folly, but I learned that pursuing all this is like chasing the wind. What did Solomon say? There's nothing new under the sun. You are not experiencing, have experienced, or will experience anything new in this world. Don't think you're the only one who's ever experienced it. Don't think you're you're the only one going through something because you're not. We're all going through it. The problem is we're too prideful to share it with somebody to help them let them walk through it with us. That's pride. Pride is a sin. All sin comes from prideful hearts. we got to get past that. we got to get over that. we got to learn that we love one another and trust one another. Now, it doesn't mean trust everybody with your business, but you should have somebody that you can do that with. We'll talk about it more in a minute. The second thing is plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. He didn't even know what rain was. He didn't even know what rain was. So this is how you and I plan ahead. I'm not talking about writing down making plans. I'm talking about planning ahead by bathing ourselves in prayer so that when that day comes, we're not alone. We're ready for it. We're prayed up. We're prayed up. It's going to come, folks, if it hasn't already. And many of you have probably experienced it a lot. Because I know a lot of people in here are chronologically challenged. So I know you've been through a lot. Even at my age, my young age, we've been through a lot. By the way, I, I get to be older than my wife for one more month. Then it's Katie bar the door. Proverbs says, learn from the ants, learn from their ways and be wise. Ecclesiastes 11.6 says, stay busy and plant a variety of crops. You never know which ones will grow. It's the same way with your witnesses. We plant seeds. We're seed planters with people. Sometimes we're waterers. Someone else is planting a seed, and we get to expound on that and water that so that seed grows in someone. And if we're really, 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 really lucky, we get to see the harvest of it. We get to see the harvest of it. But God gets the harvest. But it doesn't keep us from planting. We plant seeds wherever we go. Every time you go through the line at Kroger, you plant a seed with that person that's working there at the cash register. You plant a seed, some kind of seed. Every person you come in contact with, you plant some kind of a seed. You leave an impression with them. Part of you stays with them. What do you want people to remember from you or about you or about your life? There were three men that were talking and uh, they were talking about when they died or have a funeral. And they, they said, well, what do you want someone to say about you when they're walking past your coffin? First man says, well, I'd like for people to say, man, he was a great father. Great father. Second one said, well, I want them to say that I was a good businessman. I was fair and treated everybody fairly. Third guy thought for a minute, he said, what I want people to say when they go by is, Look, he moved. (laughs) Some of us don't want to die. We want to go to heaven, but we don't want to die. Right? You can't have one without the other. God's very orderly. I don't know of anybody that's gone to heaven and didn't. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are biblical people who didn't die and went to heaven. Third thing is stay fit. Noah was 500 years old when he started building the ark. 500 years old. I'm 73 I can't do squat. I my wife, I can barely make it up down steps. Matter of fact, we were in Tennessee. I fell down the steps. I made a hole in the wall this big with my head, and I'm still sore. We need to stay fit. If you want to live a long life, keep going. Keep moving. Don't let things stop you. I try not to let anything stop me. My wife, God bless her, gets mad at me sometimes because i try to do too much. I go, I don't want to stop. I'm afraid if I stop, I won't start again. <laughs> we need to keep going. I wanted to play pickleball. Pickleball is a great sport down there. So I decided I want to play. Joy said, Dennis, don't play. I said, oh, but honey, it looks so fun. The, pe- the people in the church want me to come play. She goes, don't play. I know you, you can't play for fun. You're too competitive. I go, Joy, I'm 72 years old now. I'm not competitive anymore. Well, I played. (laughs) Long story short, I went after a ball I shouldn't have, but I fell. I broke my wrist, I had to have surgery. I cut my eye, I'm bleeding, they turned me over, and they said, we need to get that blood stopped. Broke my glasses. Guess what the first thing I said to them was? They said, are you okay? Guess what I said? Did I get the point? (laughs) I hate it when my wife's right. (laughs) She's always right. I just wish once in a while she wouldn't be right. But God blessed me with her. She's wonderful, we'll be married 53 years this December. Abraham was 75 years old when he was asked to leave. Adam was 130 when he became a father, Noah' 600 when he built the ark. Next thing is, don't listen to critics. If Noah believed he was doing when it seemed crazy to everybody else, you know, if God ever asked you to do something he thought was crazy, And other people would criticize, "What are you doing, Dennis? Hey, I've learned what God thinks is far more important than what any of you think.) Amen. What God thinks about me, I am who God says I am. I am not who you say I am or who you think I am. You are not who other people say you are, who they think you are. You are who God says you are. Your identity and my identity is in God. Yes, sir. I am who he says I am. He says, I'm wonderful. <laughs> I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. You are fearfully, everyone of you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I used to to tell Mallory that every day of her life for a long while. Mallory, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made exactly the way God wants you to be. You don't need to ever worry about anybody or what anybody else says. It doesn't matter. What matters is what God says. Because if you and I please God, guess what? We're going to please other people. Not everybody. Some, Some people still think that Christianity is a bunch of hokey Man, are they missing out. But you know what? God loves them just like he loves you and I. He made them all. He made all of us. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Another thing I've learned, and many of us as we got older, faster is not better. The snails and leopards both got on the boat. They both made it on the boat. See, this life we're living is not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's kind of like the the hare the hare and the rabbit and the turtle. The main thing is we get there. And some of us take longer to get there than others. I just talked to a guy the other day. On his deathbed, his father accepted Jesus. Thank God he did that. Now, he missed all of the good stuff while he was living, but he still, he still enjoys the benefits of heaven. I can't wait till we get there, but I'm not ready to go yet. I've got too many things to do. Pastor Lewis, by the way, says to say hello. Pastor Lewis just got married three weeks ago. He called me on a Saturday and said, Dennis, pray for me. I'm getting married tomorrow. I go, what? Why is this the first time I'm hearing about this wedding? So he had a, a traditional wedding on Friday, government wedding on, government wedding on Saturday, and Sunday, a Christian marriage wedding. He married another pastor, imagine that. Oh, wow. A wife, a widow of a pastor there in Agbor, and now they, they are pastoring together. But pastor Lewis is doing wonderful. The, uh, you all support him every month, the church does. And build, we're, we're building the high school. It's just about finished. And, uh, and so it's, it's going to be a wonderful thing when it is. But it's not about how fast we get there. It's that we get there. And we get there the right way. We get there the right way. Now, that's saying the race doesn't always go to the swifter or faster man, but to the man who thinks he can. You and I can make it in this race of life. We can make it. Timothy says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. Faithful. So I'm being faithful. As faithful as we can be in our humanness. So you and I can't get anywhere close to becoming who God wants us to be <clears throat> until we put our faith in Him he knows who he wants you to be. He knows who he wants me to be. He has plans for you. He has plans for me. He needs you and I. Now, the thing is, we have that thing called free will. We don't have to do it. We can just walk off and go, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't have time right now, Lord. I'm busy. I'm having too much fun. Never said that? Don't raise your hand. I'll do it later, Lord. I'll do it later. Man, what I missed all those years. What I missed. Next thing is, is we need to learn to travel in pairs. We need someone we can count on. Find someone and hold on to them. Two by two, right? All the animals. Maybe only one mosquito. If, uh, now if I was getting, if I was God there wouldn't be a single snake on that ark. I'm telling you right now. Not a single snake. We have snakes down in the park. One Sunday I'm headed to church, I'm walking by the bike rack, and somebody in the church thought it'd be really funny to put a snake up on the top of that bike rack. It was dead. But I saw it I think, oh my goodness. Snakes I see I chop into as many pieces as I can. I learned that from my mother. The Ecclesiastes says, a person staying alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple-braided cord and it's not easily broken. You, a friend, you and your spouse and God, that's the third part of the cord. It's important that he's that third cord. If he's not that third cord, you could be in trouble. Your life may not be quite the way you want it to be, or quite the way he wants it to be. Again, because what he thinks and his plans are far better and far more important than your plans or my plans. Don't ever think that you're not worthy, or what you think or say is important, because the ark was built by an amateur. The Titanic sunk. Ark didn't sink. Titanic was built by professionals. We don't have to be professionals to be people of Jesus. We need professional Jesus people. What I mean by that is we need to know him really, really well. Really well. We need to be walking so close to him when we forget he's there. We forget he's there. Because, see, he loves us, oh, my goodness, so much, so much. And, and he is going to do, he was going to tell us what's best for us. I heard this expression just yesterday on the radio. said, we need to decide whether something is good for us or it's God for us. God doesn't want what's good for you and me. He wants what's the best for you and me. The best for you and me. Now, sometimes, and I've been guilty of this many times, we get impatient because he doesn't work fast enough. You and I all want something yesterday. We don't want it today. Maybe two days ago we expected it. When I pray, I want it to happen now. Seldom does that ever happen. See, because for God, a day is like what? A thousand, years. a thousand years. Think about it. It's only been about three days since he was crucified, according to him. We're already wanting him to come back, and he will. He's going to come when you and I least expect it, and we'd better be ready. We'd better be ready. See, that's the only thing we can do is be ready because we don't know when he's coming. But we have to be ready. We have we we have to be right with him. We have to be repentant of our sins. We have to ask him to be our Lord and Savior, not just Lord, but not just Savior, but Lord also, our Master. See, going into the battle of life without Jesus is like a soldier going into battle without a general. I don't know what to do. There's no direction. We need direction. Every one of us do. Why? Because we're not really very smart as we think we are. We think we are, but we're not as smart as we think we are. We need his wisdom. We need his help. We need his love. We need his forgiveness in all things. Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who... It's me. It's okay to talk. Next thing, no matter how bad the storm, there's always blue skies ahead. No matter how bad that hurricane was, the sun still came out the next day. And things are getting taken care of day by day. I just pray that those poor people that have lost everything, and I don't know where they're living. I have no clue. We had a couple one Sunday came into church, and I hadn't seen them there before, and I went up and introduced myself, and they had lived in Fort Myers where the hurricane hit. They had a condo on the beach. They said we had seven foot of water in our condo. We lost everything. We have no place to live, so we came down here to this park, rented a place for the summer, and they attended church all summer long. They were from Minnesota. Great couple, but they lost everything. But did they sit like we do when things happen bad? Did they sit and whine and cry, oh, poor me. God, why did you do that to me? I don't deserve that. We deserve everything we get. Everything we get. And most, I'd say 99% of the time, the problems we have, we have caused our own self to have them. Own self to have them. Back in 2000, I was bedridden for a year. Why? Because I did not take care of myself. I abused my body by not resting and doing the things I should do. Now, for 20-some years, God has been restoring me day by day. 20-some years ago, I became a diabetic. I'm still a diabetic, but I'm no longer on insulin. I've lost 36 pounds. This doctor... My A1C is 10 and a half, going down to 6 and a half. I don't take blood pressure medicine. I don't have to use my machine to sleep, my sleep apnea machine anymore, because God has been healing me day by day by day. If you have something that God is healing you, if you'll allow him to day by day, but you have to trust him. You have to trust him. You can't start doing things on your own all the time. Now, if I'd have done that by myself, the doctor said, You need to get off that insulin. I was on 80 units a day, now I'm on none. He says, You got to get off that, it's caused you to gain weight. Now, if I'd have decided that on my own, it probably wouldn't have worked out quite as well as it has. Because we all know there's somebody that knows more than we do. Most of all, our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father. It's been a marvelous, a marvelous ride that we've had in our life down in Naples. We came north just the right time because it's a rainy season and it's hundred degrees. It's hot and rainy. Every day it rains. About three o'clock, four o'clock, but the thing is, by five o'clock, you don't know it rained because the sun dried it all up. And then it's humid. Oh, my goodness. Humid as could be. But it's a wonderful place. We met so many good friends down there. Oh, my goodness. And so many things have happened down there that God, God has instrumented that. If I can just tell you one thing before I close, it's about Mallory. There was a lady that we met the first time we were there. She was at the uh, swimming pool. We meet a lot of people at the swimming pool, riding the park, praying with people, doing, excuse me, doing all kinds of things. And this woman was extremely angry, cursed, complained about everything. And so I wonder, why is she so angry? I wonder what happened. So, who do I go ask? The person to ask most in the park, Janet Weaver. I said, Janet, what is with this lady? Nobody should feel this way in Naples, Florida. How can you have a bad day or be upset in Naples? The sun is shining, the blue skies, the beach, the, the pool. Well, this lady's parents had started the church that we serve in now, 45 some years, forty-five plus years ago. Well, her parents were, in, were traveling in a motorhome, and they caught fire. And her mother was in a wheelchair, and the father couldn't get her out, so the father stayed in with her and died. I'm thinking, geez, no wonder she's upset and mad. I'd be mad too. So I tried to talk to her and... Get to know her a little bit and look past the, all the, the, the language and stuff. And uh, so I said to her one day, I said, Why don't you come to church one Sunday? She goes, Why would I do that? I said, Well, I know your parents started this church. Just come one time, just one time to honor them. If you don't like it, don't ever come back. By the way, that's a good, you, should, you can say that to anybody. Why don't you come to church this Sunday? I'll just try it once. Just come to, just try one time. How many of people came here one time and never left? A lot of us. So she came and she said after the service, she sat on the front row beside Mallory and she came up after church crying because I knew if she came to church, God would do something. I didn't know what, but I knew he was going to do something. So after church, she comes to me crying. She goes, Pastor Dennis, can I ask you a question? I said, you can ask me anything you want. I said, I'm so glad you came today. She goes, does Mallory see angels? We would say, duh. I go, as a matter of fact, she does. She says, well, during the service, I saw her waving to someone up beside the stage, waving like this. She goes, my dad used to wave like that. I said, really? I said, yeah. She goes, so she was waving, and I looked up beside the stage. She goes, I saw my mother and father standing there waving back at Mallory. <laughs> she was crying. She says, now I know they're okay. Okay always wondered about if they were okay or not, but they were okay. Now, I have to tell you, she doesn't miss a single service since that day because God did something. God showed her something. You want God to show you something, ask him. Don't be afraid to ask him. Ask him for everything, ask him for anything. He wants the best for you and me. He might not answer you right away, but he will answer you. And the last thing is this. Don't miss the boat. Don't miss the boat. Don't miss Jesus today. He will be, able to be the shelter for the storm that you are in. You will be safe and dry from all what's going on outside your ark. Don't miss the boat. Call on him. Don't be too proud to say, Lord, I can't do it on my own. See, we all have a lot of excuses. Well, I don't really deserve it. Yeah, no kidding. Who does? Who does? Who does deserve it? His grace. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. There's not anything you and I can do. The scripture says it will separate us from the love of Christ. How many ever told your kids, there's not anything you can do that ever keep me from loving you? That's what God says to you and me. Nothing. I'm going to be dis- I might be disappointed, but I'm not, I'm not excommunicating you from the family. See, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, in case you haven't read that. So, Don't think that you're the only person who sins a particular sin or whatever. All of us have a secret sin. Think about it. We all have maybe one or two things we want to hold on to because we kind of like it. But God, the closer you get to him, he'll take that away from you. He'll take it away. So don't think. God is not mad at you. God is not mad at you for the way you're living your life. God is not mad at you for the way you're living your life. He loves you. He's standing here like this. Come to me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Aren't you tired sometimes of living the way you live and and, and tired of, making the same mistakes over and over again? Come to him. Come to him. He is waiting for you with open arms. He's calling your name. He knows you by name. He knows you by name. The Holy Spirit, he calls me by name. Now, I don't hear him audibly. I'm not that goofy yet. But I hear him right here. If he lives in me, if his spirit lives in me, then he talks to me right here. And he calls me by my name. He'll go, hey, Dennis. Yes, Lord? Listen for him. Listen for you. Get so close to him that you recognize his voice. The sheep know his voice. We're sheep. So I would pray today. There's already been an invitation for people, but don't leave this place without making a decision to follow Jesus. It's the most important decision you will ever make. And it's one that you will never, ever, 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 ever regret. Ever. He's a good God. He's just waiting for you to call his name. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the lessons of Noah. Lord, if there's anybody here, Lord, I pray, Lord, that they don't miss the boat They don't miss the boat, Lord. That this might be the day that they need to come to you. They need to come to you. They need you. They know they need you, but they're too prideful to admit it. Well, there might be some people here that have served you and they've kind of gotten a little warm in their relationship. They need to come back to you. If there's anybody here that needs to know Jesus for the first time, I would just ask that you would just raise your hand and put it back down. If there's anybody at all, thank you. Thank you. If there's anybody here who has a relationship, but it's gotten kind of cold and you need to renew that, raise your hand quickly and put it back down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, I pray Jesus, the name of Jesus over everybody here, over every family, over every hurt, over every disease, over every problem that comes their way. Jesus, you are the answer. And I pray Jesus over them. Lord, thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for this church, Lord. I thank you for the opportunities for us being able to come home. This is home and will always be home. Will always be home for us. We're just on assignment. Just on assignment. And Lord, we'll be We'll be quick and try to obey everything you ask us to do. Go wherever you ask us to go in your name. Thank you and praise you in the mighty, mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen.